Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 6, 2011, and this is episode 292. Today we're going to take a look at the Canon PIXMA MG6120 wireless photo all-in-one printer. This is basically an A4 or a US letter size, uh, paper size printer with a scanner built into the top as well. But despite that, it's a sleek looking machine with various features that make it well worth the price tag of under $100 US or almost twice that at around 15,000 uh, 15, yen here in Japan. I bought mine almost three months ago for reasons that I'll get into shortly, but having recently tried it as a photo printer as well, I have to tell you that I was very pleasantly surprised with the results. If you already follow my blog or podcast, you'll know that I'm an avid printer and already have a couple of very good printers that I use for my own fine artwork. So you're, you might be wondering why I bought a cheap printer like this. Well, as I work at home with my office studio on the third floor, with space also on the second floor of our apartment to work, as well as me now spending a lot of time in our living room, you know, with my MacBook Pro on my lap or at the dining table, I started to get frustrated with having to go up to my office to plug the USB cable into the computer so that I could print, say, a receipt or something that I just, you know, for something that I just brought on bought online, or a bill or a receipt for a customer, and then a second copy for my accountant. The first thing that I looked into um, was a USB to Wi-Fi adapter. Basically this would allow me to plug my 13 by 19 inch printer, the Pixus or Pixma Pro 9500, into the adapter and then I'd be able to print to it from the Wi-Fi network that I have throughout my our two-floor apartment. I rarely plug my MacBook Pro into the wired network so, you know, of course they're joined, but it just would be so much easier if it could be Wi-Fi. The problem was that these adapters, at least here in Japan, cost about the equivalent of around $80 US. At that price, I figured that I might as well just look at what is available these days in the small business printer world. And I'd already seen some Canon printer commercials on the TV for some pretty sleek looking printers that were wireless and wouldn't look too out of place in a living room or a study. When I checked the prices I was pleasantly surprised to see that they had some of the latest models on Amazon.co.jp for just over 14,000 yen which is about $180 US. If that sounds expensive to you then these are Japan prices and I just checked on B&H to see what the, you know, that the same model is available for just $95 at the moment. Um, so it's about half, and I can I can only see the price dropping over time. I figured that if I bought a printer like this, I would put it in the room next to our living room, which is like my study, but also I use it as a studio when necessary or to lay out prints to dry when I get a lot of orders at the same time. 
there's a built-in bookshelf under the one of the windows in that room and I could make space for a small printer in there if I bought one. To avoid having to take the printer out of the bookshelf to feed paper into it though, I, I was going to need a printer with a front tray, like the ones that you see on some of the small laser printers. So this became another condition of my search. And I narrowed my selection down to a couple of printers from the range that I'd seen advertised. They both had wireless printing and both had front, a front loading tray and even had a scanner in the top and offered wireless scanning as well, which would be great for making copies of documents, etc. The top of the line version also had fax functionality built in but where I was going to put the printer, I wouldn't have been able to run a phone line, so I figured that that was overkill. And so I went for the cheaper model, which here in Japan is called the Canon Pixus MG6130. In the States, from what I could make out, this is the equivalent of the Pixma MG6120. They're called something else in the UK, though. Um, and, you know, I, I just pretty much gave up trying to find the name for the printer in other countries. Another thing that I paid attention to in my search was that the printer should have individual ink cartridges. I've seen lower end printers over the years that have just one and sometimes two ink cartridges that contain multiple colours. And this, of course, means that if one colour runs out before the others, as they invariably do, you have to change the cartridge, throwing out the remaining um, other, you know, the other colour inks that are still left in the cartridge. Printer inks are expensive enough as it is without throwing it away. Anyway, this is a six colour printer with all six in their own individual cartridges. And, you know, it's pretty much at this point had fulfilled everything that I was looking for. So I placed my order on my sofa, wishing that I could already print the receipt via wireless to save me going up to my office to do this. And then the following day, a nice shiny black printer turned up on my doorstep. If you're listening to the enhanced version of this podcast, you'll be able to see now a picture of the LCD monitor on the top of the printer. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you're listening to the MP3, then you'll need to go over to my blog or my podcasts page the easiest way to do that is if you're if you're at a PC, just type in after the HTTP slash colon colon mbp.ac slash 292 and that'll take you to the transcript and the pictures that are accompanying this podcast on my blog. Here though, as I say, is, is a picture of the LCD monitor. It's a three inch LCD monitor on the top of the printer and you use that basically to tell the printer what mode you want it to be in and by default, when you turn the printer on, it's a printer. And all I have to do is lower the front, the front paper support and I'm ready to print. Using the A4 paper, that is, I'm, generally I just load this with A4 paper from in the front tray. So that means that I don't have to you know, have much room at the back of the printer to load paper. It just all goes in the front tray. It takes just a few steps when you, you know, first turn the printer on to attach itself to a Wi-Fi network, if you have one, of course. Once you have Wi-Fi set up, you can do pretty much anything you want without having to plug in a USB cable, including, of course, printing and also scanning, which I thought was pretty cool. 
You can use the scanner as though it's connected to the computer, or you can go to the printer and do the scan using the controls on the printer itself, and then just send the resulting scanned image to your computer. I haven't timed it, but I'm very pleased with the speed of printing standard quality web pages and other documents on plain A4 copy paper. It takes a few seconds to send the data to the printer and then for it to sort of actually start the print. But when the print actually starts up, it literally takes just a few seconds and it's probably more, but it seems very, very fast. The paper comes out of the front of the printer in about four or five lunges forward, feeling more like a laser printer than an inkjet printer. And the clarity of the, the printed characters is amazing for prints of these speed and just standard quality. Printing is so fast that the page coming out of the printer blurred in the photograph that we have here on the blog or in the enhanced podcast at the moment of me printing a web page. I even went to my workshop's web page and printed out that page to get some additional marketing in here, but it was so blurred that you can't even read the title of the page. If I want to print photos or the little certificates of authenticity that I put in with each of my fine art prints, I do have to take the printer out of the bookshelf so that I can, I can feed paper into the back tray of the printer. I could change the paper in the bottom tray and just feed the photo paper up from, but from there. But if I start getting into that, you know, in my work, in my sort of scenario, if I start getting into that, it becomes easier to just go upstairs and print on a different, you know, to print a different paper on a different printer. So I generally only use this printer for plain paper A4 prints, but I can also open the lid to slide in a, a document and, you know, copy, make a copy of a document while it's still in the bookshelf. Now, to be able to show you all of this uh, more easily, I did take the printer out of the bookshelf and up, up to my studio and sat it on a sheet of seamless to shoot some photos for this podcast. Also because I intended to print some photos to check the quality and we'll take a look at those shortly. Perhaps it's a little gimmicky, but I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for gimmicks. I really like the way the top of the printer, it, it really has no buttons other than the power button uh, that you use to turn the printer on and off, and then a, a slightly recessed round selector dial. Um, but that's all just until you turn it on. As you can see here in this image that we're looking at at the moment, the buttons that appear um, change depending on what you're doing with the printer. Here I put the printer into copier mode and this just lights it up like a Christmas tree. In this next image, you can see what the printer looks like with the scanner top open, ready for the document to copy. Of course, once you put your document in and set the process going, the document is automatically scanned and printed without any further user intervention. If you want to just scan a document, you can do this from your computer wirelessly and the document can be saved in a number of formats depending on your requirements, um, you know, or the type of document that you're, or photograph that you're scanning. There's also an OCR or optical character recognition application that comes with the printer so that you can convert scanned documents into editable, editable text but I haven't tried this yet, so I can't really vouch for how accurate the OCR is. On the front right corner of the printer, there is a little cover to hide some memory card slots. Here's a photo of the slots. 
It supports MS Duo cards, SDMS cards, or compact flashcards. You can select photos to print on the LCD display on the printer, and as long as you don't need to play around with the image, you can print them right there without transferring the images to your computer. I personally wouldn't usually use this feature, but if you have kids, say, with digital cameras or family members that aren't so concerned about the end product as we photographers are, it would be great for them to be able to just, you know, load up the printer with 4x6 or 5x7 photo paper and sit and select your favourite images and just print them out right there. This is probably going to be enough for many people. One word of warning on printing directly from the memory cards, though, is that it, the raw, raw photos are just not supported. The, the card doesn't even be, it's not even able to read them. You can only print JPEG or TIFF images, which again supports the idea that this was really an option for the less serious uh, photographer or, or you know, just non-photographer family member. Another cool feature is the ability to print directly from your iPhone or iPad. If you have Wi-Fi set up on your printer, all you need to do is basically search for the Canon IEPP, I think that's uh, I for iPad or whatever, Easy Photo Print in the iTunes store, download it for free and you're away. You can print images that are in your photo albums on your iPod or iPhone, or you can also in the application view scanned documents that are left on the printer and select those for print as well. Again, being able to do this sort of thing is its pretty handy for family members that aren't quite as serious about their photographs as us photographers are. Having said that a few times though, I should tell you that I did some print tests in preparation for this podcast and was very, very pleased with the results. Usually before I do any photograph prints from a printer, I get out my X-Rite i1 extreme calibration tools and i print out the printing profile target and then i'll read that in and create a an icc profile uh, create that for each of the types of printer um, you know and paper combinations that i use if you end up listening to this or reading my blog as a general user rather than a photographer i doubt very much that you're going to be going out and spending a thousand dollars on a calibration solution or even $160 for an X-Rite Color Monkey display when you consider that even this is way more than you're going to pay for the printer itself. So I decided to do my tests without any calibration to simulate what the majority of people using or buying this printer will get from it. Even with all this in mind though, I was still very happy with the results. Here's a few screenshots to show you how I set up my MG6130 or the MG6120 in the US to print using only the drivers and profiles that come with the, with the printer. I did four test prints, are all on Honeymule Fine Art Photo, the brighter photo paper, but you'll get very similar results with Canon's gloss photo papers or their Pro Platinum papers if you want to push the boat out a little. If you do want to try other papers though, there are a lot of options out there. And as I just said, I generally use Honeymule papers for my own printing. 
If you print using Canon's Easy Photo Print or other tools on your system, you won't have these same settings uh, as this, but I just couldn't help myself from printing with Adobe Lightroom. I selected standard print sharpening for glossy media and left 16-bit output turned on. I haven't been able to find um, any confirmation that this printer supports 16-bit printing in the, in the specifications anywhere, but the software didn't complain at any point, so I assume that it does. I also allowed the printer to do the colour management, which is something that I never do usually, as I always use my own ICC profiles. In the printer settings dialog, I selected the colour matching pull-down and told the printer to use the system's colour sync instead of Canon's colour matching. Then, having selected the quality and media pull-down, I selected the Photo, Pro, Photo, Photo Paper Pro Platinum as the media type, as I know that this is a similar brighter coated paper from Canon. Basically, I was telling Canon to get out of the way with regards to the colour matching settings, but now using their profile to ensure that the right amount of ink is set down on the paper, and I chose high quality for the prints themselves. As the four test prints made their way out of the front of the printer, I really couldn't believe what I was seeing at first. The results were so good. After I'd completed my four prints, I went on to print out the same four images using my Canon Image ProGraph IPF6350 large format printer. This might have been overkill size-wise, as this is a 24-inch wide printer um, being used, you know, the printer's bigger than 24 inches, but it prints 24 inch wide images. Um, and basically I was using it for eight and a half inch wide US letter prints. But the IPF6350 has 12 colors, double the MG6130 and has, you know, it's for the last year or so that I've been using it, proved to be simply the best printer that I've ever used, requiring very little soft proofing, even for most the most difficult images to print on my old Pro 9500 printer. Bright greens were always very difficult to reproduce on the Pro 9500 for example, but with my custom built ICC profile on the IPF6350 they come out pretty much perfect every time without any soft proofing. Here though, in this picture that I'm showing right now or on the blog, you can see that a photograph of Choshi Otaki, some fawns in the Oidase area of Japan, printed out almost exactly the same on the MG61330 as they did from the IPF6350. And remember that this is even without using a custom profile. So I'm, I'm really quite amazed at the results. The main difference with the IPF6350 photo on the left and the MG6130 image on the right is that the 6350 held more detail in the shadows but the greens were very well produced by both printers. This was the biggest surprise for me. I did not expect the MG6130 to print these greens this well. I prefer the detail in the IPF6350 version but if you like a punchy image you may well prefer the MG630 image here. It really is that good. 
In the next image, I printed one of my favourite Red Crown Crane photographs from this year, and the objective here was to see how well the MG6130 reproduced the fine gradients between the white of the bird and the pure white snow background, and also to see how well the reds were printed. Once again, the MG6130 was simply beautiful. The red in the MG6130 uh, print to the right again here was a little more punchy than the IPF6350 print and the latter seems more natural and is closer to the original photograph. Also the detail in the grey flicks, the little flecks of colour on the side of the, well colour grey, on the side of the crane's face and neck are held much better in the IPF6350 print as are the, the fine details and texture in the bird's white body. As you can see though, the right photo here from the MG6130 is still very, very good. Next, I printed a shot of a young elephant seal in, from the Falkland Islands in April this year. Again, the MG6130 produced a more than acceptable print. Deeper shadows and dark areas than the IPF6350, but still a very nice looking print that might appeal more to someone that likes a punchy print than would the IPF6350 version. Finally, I decided to try a black and white print from, uh, of an image from Gentoo Point in Antarctica from March this year. Here it's easy to see the almost overly darkened areas of the sky in the MG6130 print and some of the subtle tonalities have been lost to the punchiness as well as some of the very fine texture in the clouds but again the right version will probably appeal more to some people than the IPF6350 version on the left. I didn't try any matte paper prints but I can already tell from the results uh, you know, above that they would be very good. It's almost not worth continuing to test because the results are just now so predictable. Also, I doubt that people that buy this printer will be doing matte prints. So the conclusion here, if you are on a, a budget, if you're looking for a budget printer, an office printer scanner for less than $100, personally, I think that you just can't go wrong with the Canon PIXMA MG6120 wireless photo all-in-one printer. Again, if you're buying outside of the US, you'll need to have a look and find out uh, you know, what the printer's named in your country. Um, wireless printing, wireless scanning, printing from mobile devices, front-loading paper, sleek design, easy-to-use user interface, I could go on and on. I, I haven't touched on everything that this printer can do today, but in my opinion, it's a real winner, especially for this price. If you're on a budget and you don't have another photo printer, you know, I'm talking to the photographers here, as you can see from the above results, this could be your only printer if you don't need any, you know, to print any, any larger than A4 or US uh, letter size. Until you get up to the, into the A3 plus or 13 by 19 inch range, you're probably not going to notice any difference between this and the more expensive printers available. Now, granted, I'm comparing prints with a slightly older printer, uh, although still very good, and I'm recalling problems with my even older Pro 9500. 
And it might well be that all new printers on the market are now this good. So do shop around yourself too. But if you like the look of this printer and the price for what it can do, then all I'm saying is you can buy in confidence. So before we finish, I'd like to just let you know that I'm still doing very well after my surgery. I'm a little bit late with this podcast this week, because, partly because I put quite a bit of time into the preparation, but also because I'm now well enough to have done two full days of accounting work this week, catching up on the last three months that I was behind. I'm letting you know this in case you were thinking that I was late uh, with this episode because I was under the weather. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm really doing great and still intend to stick to my weekly schedule, even though we're barely still in this week on this Saturday afternoon. Thanks for listening today, though. And remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook, as well as Twitter, and now Google+, as well as, of course, my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by. And I'll be back next week. I I really think I'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. (laughs) 